lots of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf, filling out mock drafts leading up to the actual draft in April, filling out March Madness brackets that are going to be dumpster fires within the first weekend of the tournament here. But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Whether you're hosting game day or movie night, DiGiorno knows that planning a wash party on a budget isn't easy. You need the perfect setting, the perfect squad, and the perfect eats. Luckily, you're a game time mastermind, and you know that grabbing DiGiorno Classic Crust Pizza can bring home a dub because it's packed with half a pound of cheese, sauce, and other toppings and comes at an incredible price. Make the game-winning call and grab a DiGiorno Classic Crust Pizza from the grocery store today. It's not delivery, it's DiGiorno. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Flying really close to the sun here. Oh, first time. Woo. Wow. <clears throat> so now I'm recording, so my side can pick up your apology, Mike. Oh, there you go. Still nothing, huh? What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo with Mike Golick Jr. That is me. With me, as always, Brandon Newman. Brandon, what's going on? Hey, Mike. Hey, Mike's dad. Uh, yeah, with us right off the top here today, Mike Golick Sr., who you guys can listen to on Golick and Smetty, wherever you get your podcasts. Also, on God Bless Football with Stu Gotts and our friends over at Meadowlark, or sorry in advance, the Golick Family Podcast. Dad, what's going on? I'm, you know, just still, you know, waiting for an apology from my firstborn son. I mean, y'all, so, y'all mock yeah. me. Y'all, 59 years old. Technically, I'm not very sound. Okay, I admit it. With the zooms and the microphones and, and everything, I get it. I get it. Every time I'm logging on, somebody takes a picture of my face and tweets it out like I'm some sort of old dumbass. But I have been doing something with this microphone and my headphones that you mocked me for, Mike, and it has been working. And what I haven't gotten from you is an apology. Dad, I am sorry for making fun of you because I sit here now and hear you recollect all that especially and I think about how fast the world changed on you in the last I don't know how many years where for 20 years you got to go into a studio that had everything there set up and all this nice stuff and then the pandemic hit and really messed everything up and so the rug got pulled out from under you quick. And luckily, I I have to say, you were there because the last three months of, of our morning show, me, you, and Trey... Um, was all in our basement where ESPN came in and set up TV cameras and radio stuff. 
and basically taught us how to turn everything on. And I was kind of knew what was going on. Trey didn't because he was just too busy walking around my pool. That's all he wanted to do. And But you luckily knew how to turn everything on. So we, we, we were in pretty good shape. But it was a very different ending to something that was very easy. There were times in studios I was in in 25 years at ESPN where I didn't even turn my own microphone on. Somebody else did it. I mean, I could have, but it wasn't It wasn't in our area. You know, this is way back in the day when the producer of the board op did everything. And not to the point where I had to kind of turn on everything. And now this Zoom shit and all the different ways that you can do Zooms, you know, Riverside and Zoom and... (laughs) What was there, Blue Stream Jeans yard. or something? Stream Yard? Stream I mean, yard yeah. Oh, my Blue God. Jeans. I, Blue Jeans. That was, yeah, Blue Jeans. That's, <laughs> no, I, that's I, well, here's my question. How much is uh, focusing on all this tech stuff cutting back on your prep time? Uh, not at all because I don't really focus on the tech, technical part of it because I just, I just have my wife Chris do it or I have Mike do it or I call Sydney or Jake. I mean, that's the thing about it is – and my kids don't believe me when I say this, I could learn more how to do it, but they do it for me, so why learn? That, that's kind of... I mean, babies could just shit in their diapers their whole life because someone's willing to do it for them, but eventually they learn to wipe their own ass. How great would it be if we could just shit so in our pants and somebody else cleaned us up all the time? I mean, I mean, I guess I'd be getting to that in about 20 years or so, but, you know... Listen, based on my based on my two and a half year old who's tired of getting his diaper changed, it seems like it's it's not it's not all it's it's meant to be. You know, maybe because you want to do other stuff, you want to go play. Maybe while you're trying to get the diaper changed, you got something to watch. He's like, no, it's diaper change time. It's like, no, I want to do this now. And also, I realized uh, that it was triggering that what you first said, uh, Mr. Gullick, because I don't know if I'm ever going to get an apology for my firstborn son either. Seems like it's really hard to come by. It's like pulling teeth. It's like pulling teeth, Brandon. Don't. Don't expect it. If you get it, great. But you see how I had to pull it out of him? I mean, I had to beg yeah. for it. He, you had to do it on air. He wasn't going to do it unless yeah. we were live no, on no, air. No. Yeah. <laughs> Strictly and, for content. And he was clearly in the wrong, but but would not admit it and apologize to me. I mean, this, this is what we get. This is what I get. I will say on the on the having someone else wipe you thing, I think the one thing we undervalue is when you get to be an adult – Toilet time becomes one of your rare moments of alone time. You're just truly oh, separated yeah. from everyone else and your responsibilities, and you get to catch up on some reading, maybe look at some memes, scroll the phone a little bit. It really is, as Eric Cartman once said, the last bastion of American freedom. I agree. There have been many times when I have been done and just hung out another 10 minutes just to... And, and, <laughs> Legs go numb. And, and Mike, you, you know, Woo! we know a couple of people, and they'll remain, remain nameless, of they just... They spend such a long time in there. I don't know how they can get up and walk afterward because of how numb their legs have to be from sitting on the toilet for so long. But it is it is that last bastion of just alone time where where nobody will bug you. Now maybe not, Brandon. Maybe you might have your your kids are young enough where they may run in the room <sighs> on you, you know, and not yeah. care yet. Uh, I I don't know. He just, yeah, Carter just got done uh, learning how to do the handles without the, like, the knob handles. So he's all over it now. And he he loves looking at penises and stuff like that. You know how boys are. Uh, so, yeah, I don't get any alone time either. But <laughs> you guys are looking at me weird. You guys know. You, you know, guys know. Uh, <laughs> I mean, does that ever end? I mean. 
Yeah, I, oh, the, uh, the kids. Like, I, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I eventually I stopped <laughs> wanting to look at my dad's penis. Um, oh <laughs> but let me. We need... <laughs> oh my god! Wow, it's taking a okay. turn. All right, this is taking okay. a turn, and so I will I will guide us gently back on track here because we got plenty to get to on yeah. this show. Good luck. Um, yeah. We are going to take advantage of having Dad here for the whole show and explore a couple of different things. Obviously, Dad's been calling Sunday night football games for Westwood One on radio, so plenty to get into there. Dad and I do our top five NFL teams every week. We also want to get into, because for anyone that's listened to my dad over the years or recently, the man's watched more television than anyone on earth. If you have seen a show, he has also seen it, and he is ready to talk to you about it. And he has caught us all at a time where we finally got caught up on the House of the Dragons season yeah. one finale. And so we'll get a season recap at the back half of this uh, episode. Plenty to get to on that front because, boy, oh, boy, I'll just say this take right out front. I think this season righted so many of the wrongs and should have gotten that bad taste out of anyone's mouth who was salty after the end of Game of Thrones. So how far will you go? Now, one thing I will say, Mike, you know way more. Like, you dive after these shows. You dive into the web, you know, on this. I I just move on to the next show. I don't give a shit as much as, as you do. I don't even remember some of the names. I, I, we were texting earlier. I'm saying, yeah, the Little Prince. And, you know, I'm not, I don't even know names, you know, of this. But, but it, it's been Prince. Yeah, exactly. I think that's Egon. Is that Egon? No, no, it's not. It it's is, just there's a bunch of Egons. There's Aegon. too many Egons. But what I'm going to yeah. say is, how far are you going to go? Because you remember your soul being ripped from your body by Herm Edwards one day oh, on, on Mike and Mike. So... Yes, and and we we have retold that story on this podcast before. Yeah. Herm Edwards, the bad guy, got a dragon. Spoiling Game of Thrones, wow. when the White Walkers took control of the dragon live on the set of Mike and Mike before the heart out. It was one of the angriest I've ever been. And so to diffuse that, what I'm telling people is right now, we're going to talk some football, then we're going to talk some House of the Dragon. That House of Dragon will be full of spoilers. All right, it will so we, be riddled with spoilers. So let's make sure we warn people right before we start talking about it. Then. Yes, we All will. Right. We will warn those people first. I want to warn people though. Um, Russell Wilson is back out here on his bullshit. Did you guys <laughs> I, I see mean... the report about Russell Wilson on their flight over to London for their game? Apparently, spent the he chronicled his timeline of the flight where he mentioned hours watching film, do do hours doing PT, including doing high knees in the aisle of the plane while his teammates slept crashing for a little bit and then watching more film dad in your nine years in the nfl did you ever see anybody attempt to do a high knee or a calisthenic in the aisle so, of an airplane so i'll say this uh you know the guys i played with in philly mike a lot of a personalities if anybody did that on a plane and we went to we went to um england to, in the preseason when i was in philly those were just preseason oh, games wow. and if anybody got up and did that for the amount of time russell said he did it there are guys on our team that would have beat the shit out of that person. I mean, just just wouldn't have had, just would have knocked him blindsided him going down. And I don't know. Does Russell think he gets extra points in the afterlife for trying to be the perfect human being? I I, I have no idea. But I mean, it just we all shake our heads. I can't imagine the biting of tongues that has to go on in that locker room. Because at least in Seattle, they got used to it, right? Because he was there for so long and for other guys that are there and for so long. And they were good when he exactly, was doing Exactly. Exactly. When you're winning, you can kind of you know laugh that stuff off. But when you're not and you, you know of someone but don't know them and then see some of their actions, you're going, 
what the hell are you doing? And then to chronicle all that, to make sure it gets out there. You know, mm-hmm. what I did, you know, and after I watched more film, I did sleep for an hour, you know? It's like, oh my God, yeah. It it, right. it, it gets a little sickening. While everyone else was knocked out while he was doing his yeah. three hours of yeah. high knees uh, in the aisles. I, that's what I didn't like about it, is that the... He didn't... <clears throat> He didn't overtly like barb his pl- other players, but in him trying to get out there exactly what he's done done to be ready for this game in London and to take the reins back on this offense, he kind of threw his guys under the bus. Yeah, <laughs> he I, said, I'm, I'm, "I'm getting treatment. I'm doing I'm doing high knees. Everybody was knocked out. Everybody's just knocked out sleeping. It, it, sleep, it, it, Brent Ripian, sleep. You see yeah. him out here doing this shit? <laughs> no. Nope. And, and, and you know, because what's wild is I I juxtapose that with going through like Instagram and all that and seeing old video of Kobe Bryant. Now Kobe Bryant would tell you how much he's working, but when Kobe Bryant says it, you kind of look at it like that dude's crazy. You know, that that dude, you know, he's saying you could get up and work out twice a day. You could get up and work out four times a day. And over the years that four times a day is going to put you for, I mean, he explains it, but, but when he says it, I'm like, yeah. You know, when Russell does it, I'm like, oh, God, give me a break. Quit trying to sound so perfect. Kobe, and I've seen more of it lately with Kobe of talking about, and other players talking about Kobe's work ethic. That's something you don't hear. You don't hear other players talking about Russell Wilson's work ethic. It's only Russell Wilson talking about Russell Wilson's work ethic. <laughs> yeah, that's. I, I think that's... That's among the differences, right? The Russell Wilson conversation has gotten really complicated, and some people have taken it too far and used it to slander Russ as his all-time legacy as a player, which has plenty of good parts to right. it. Yes, the yes, work yes, ethic it is the work ethic is something he is well known for. The guy cares a lot about football, right. but Dad, you said it. It's the fact that you need everyone to know how much you care about it at this point, and it really just goes along with the perception of Russ. Because you talked about Kobe Bryant, and while Kobe was a guy that a lot of people thought was trying to kind of Kobe was a guy caught between worlds based on the way that he was brought up, where he grew up, where he was yeah, born, all yeah. these things. He was a guy that never, you know, when you hear people and read people um, talk about him, guy that never really felt like he had one home necessarily. And so some people thought he was trying to burrow that through it, but it ended up working. That ended up being the public persona that was created for him. Russ has been about branding. Russ has been about yeah. looking like you are presenting the perfect image at all time. And that's something that I think in this day and age, when people get so much exposure and you're seeing so many places and the advertisements and you're as good and out and in front of things and the Sierra factor, when you're so many places at once, eventually people want to not be talked to like you're a football-eating robot. Eventually that wears off for some people. Like Tom Brady, say what you will about him, aged sort of gracefully into his time in Tampa where we at least felt like we were getting a little bit more of the real Tom Brady for a while. It may have been calculated, but man, it was done well enough to where you started to look at it and say, oh, this is a guy who's letting his hair down a little bit and we're seeing a little bit more of drunk Tom and all that shit. Yeah, well, I think him getting out of New England helped that as well because you weren't telling a lot of those stories there. And part of it, though, you know, with Russell, now Russell's been around a long time. You and I had this conversation over the Drew Brees stuff in the locker room when I kind of were jumping on his teammates who were getting on him on Twitter and you were like, and you correctly pointed out, Dad, this is, you said, Dad, this is kind of how it's done today, you know, putting things out there. So 
I, I just it just happens so much with Russell. I get a little little tired of well, it. But like guys that put out workout videos, I don't understand that either. Why why do you? And again, this is me coming from a different era where I'm like, why are you doing that? But then it all come it, it does come back to Mike on that show when you said this is what guys do now. Guys like to put that stuff out publicly, and maybe there's a different reason. Maybe it is branding. But I was always like. You, you go work. You know why? Why do you have to let everybody know that you worked? I, I guess I've always were, kind of been of that mind. Were you talking about Russ putting this stuff out there? Or were you no, talking no, no. about his teammates' desire to badmouth him? No, no, like I'm talking about. Guys. I'm talking about even other guys that put their workout videos Got out it. there. Okay. It, we're in the day and age where you put everything out. You know, three in the morning. I'm I'm working out, and I I, I would look at that and say, who gives a shit? You know what? I know you're working out, but. But again, I go back to our conversation on, on air where, and I have to understand, this is kind of the times where people like like to see that or expect to see that, or maybe that's expected to put out there. It's something in my era that obviously was never done. There was never a, an avenue to do it unless you brought a, t- a TV crew there from one of the local stations and said, film me, you know, doing 40s. You, you couldn't do it. So I, I have to kind of even step back a little bit and say, okay, this is... This is kind of where we are now, even though even though I still don't really understand why you do that. Yeah, I mean, the, it's uh, part of it's the self-promotion part because there's yeah. money attached to it now yeah, for so yeah, many yeah. of these guys as they create that. Branding is kind of a dirty word, but it is what it is. And for some of these guys, it can become pretty lucrative. And so that I, I, I think I've sort of become numb to, just because like you said, yeah. we're used to it everywhere now. You know, um, we got to talk to Set Free Richardson, who was a part of uh, the And One mixtape uh, phenomenon that went on. Right, right. And the one thing we talked about is now every kid coming up in high school basketball has a high, you know a highlight mix that's cut to a song. Every player right. that's committing out of high school for football has all these different things that go along with their recruitment. Pictures in the jerseys, all the stuff you do on campus that's just changed. It's the Red Queen rat race to keep having to up the ante to really get to the same end line here, which is wild to watch because even for me and Brandon, who are 10 years out of our time in college football – it's a totally different ecosystem now. Yeah. So that part of it's always going to feel like it's changing. But you don't you don't see that from everyone, and that's why I think is the issue, and that's why people like Kyle Brandt is coming at Russell Wilson's authenticity because he's got a lot of people in his ear telling him, "Hey, you should do this," and it seems like Russell's like, "Okay, as long as long as he he can uh, is you know he has all the uh, elements to execute certain things." But what I want to talk about though is good artists borrow, great artists artists steal, and shout out to Stu Gotts. <laughs> they brought up on Levitard, can Russell Wilson play his way out of the Hall of Fame? Oh, no. Because that's currently what he's out there doing. I, I, don't, I don't think so. I, I think he's done enough good um, that it would, if that were to happen, it would take a while. I mean, I don't know how much longer we expect him to play. I mean, I know he signed the extension, but that doesn't mean he's playing all of that. I would, I would find it hard to believe that he could, in all honesty. So I, I, I would say no. Yeah, I would, said no one's ever done it. And it would be Hall of Fame worthy to find a way to play your way out of the Hall of Fame. Like it to would. have yeah. that simultaneously bad of an end to your career after how good the start of your career was would be fascinating. So Russell Wilson clearly willing to put in the work to do that, by the way, if it comes down to it. We know who will <laughs> be doing the high knees and the plane necessary for that. Oh, my God. Um, Dad, one of the other NFL headlines that popped up, and we talked a lot about this coming off Monday Night Football, 
was Mac Jones named the starter for the Patriots' upcoming game this weekend. Have you ever seen anything like this for as cryptic as Bill Belichick has been on so many things to have even Patriots players saying they weren't sure what the situation was, and it seems like that communication didn't reach the team on what the plan was at quarterback? So I I am one of those um, that a head coach doesn't owe me, you, the media, the fans, anything when they speak. They, they don't owe us a, a thing. All that matters is what is said in the locker room. So if, if it is true, if the part is true where the players didn't even know, I would have a problem with that. Because for your offensive players, and Mike, you could speak to this better than me. I have this defense all my life, say for high school when I was a tight end, to know, and, and I don't know how much of a difference it makes, but it just seems to me that you would want your offensive people at least on the page of, hey, they're both going to play. Hey, this is how we're going to do it. Hey, Mac's going to start, but he might, you know, I don't, you don't want to say he's going to the team. He might have a short lease, but you may see both guys. So if, if in fact the players didn't even know, I would have an issue with that because I think, as while I said, the outside world, I could give a shit if they know anything. Inside that locker room, I think everybody's going to be on the same page. And if players weren't, I think I would have an issue with that. Would that how would that affect you offensively? Well, the, the funny part about this is it wouldn't all that much yeah. with these guys because they're the same quarterback, well, more or true. less. Like, <laughs> I've joked that they're basically doing the parent trap, but for the NFL. <laughs> and while that's not totally, you know, there's some, I'm sure, small yeah. differences, but it's not like one's a dynamic runner and an athlete and the other <laughs> one's just purely a pocket passer. They're the same brand back there. So for like an offensive line, but, and I heard Dominique Foxworth bring this up with Mina Kimes. Like, what is this doing for reps in practice? How are you administering that? We're in the middle of the season now. When you're in preseason, you'll divvy up reps early in the preseason a little more. You'll go like, you know, 6-4-2 as far as starter, second team, third team. That might even be more as you're early on in camp. But then by the end, the starters are getting the majority of the reps. And for an offense that's got two new coordinators and a bunch of lackluster skill talent, you need all of the time under task that you can get. And so if you're doing this at the expense of giving out the reps to the person who's going to be the starter in this game, or that's not, you know, that person who ends up playing a bunch isn't getting the reps in practice, it's not fair to them. It's not fair to the rest of the offense that's dependent on that quarterback. And that's where, you know, again, Whatever we see is fine, but if there is confusion there, then I am, I think, free to wonder how that's being administered in practice and then what that means for the execution that we will or won't see in games now that becomes complicated for Mac Jones, who's also coming off a high ankle injury. I know he's not the most mobile guy in the world, but still having to move around in the pocket, plant, push, do all that shit, at that part of this does matter when we start to work in the margins. So I have to believe that Mac Jones is going to get every opportunity to keep the job or lose the job. I, I yeah. still think that. And I think early on we've already heard from this week that he has been getting the majority of the first-team snaps, and it's just basically one one uh, major practice so far this week. So I, I still think he's going to be the guy. It would have been interesting if Zappi came in. You saw him start well with two touchdowns, but then he really had a, a sluggish second half. So if, if he played really well, in that, that would that would have made it very very interesting coming you know he, with such a young first round quarterback in Mac Jones. 
He did play well. It was just that short stint. Like, yeah. Let's not act like he did. Like they they wouldn't have had a touchdown if right. it wasn't for that change. Now uh, you go back to Jacoby. They started Myers, calling who, the fun plays for him when he yeah. got into. Okay. I thought that was okay. bullshit. Yeah. They call okay. those deep this play is. action shots with the wide open dudes for him when he goes this, in there. This is an agenda against Mac Jones. Uh, this is an, this is an agenda that Bill Belichick is setting into motion, obviously, because Jacoby Myers uh, was not ready or prepared when this change happened after the game he was asked uh if basically if jones got pulled uh if he was surprised by it he said yeah but that's the nfl for you it's a fast changing business and then he said how does a wide receiver adjust to that kind of change and jacoby myers went on to say not even as a football player it's tough as a man to see somebody who works so hard get that kind of treatment but at the end of the day we're all out here trying to feed our families we have to make plays no matter who's throwing the ball that's exactly right. I mean, you know what, this is this is the NFL. You know, anytime I sit there and hear about, well, I worry about if you take this guy out for his psyche. Well, I don't want to I don't want to hear that bullshit. You know, this is the NFL. I'm not worried about someone's psyche. You either deal with it or you don't. You know, and and if you can't, then maybe I found out something about you. If you can't deal with the fact that maybe you'll get pulled, maybe you won't, depending on how you play, which is the ultimate in pro sports or at least that's uh, that's the way it should be. So, I do think it'll be Mac for the foreseeable future, but one thing you found out, maybe glass half full, is you gotta you could have a decent backup in Zappy, a guy who's gone in and performed well. The thing in the NFL, guys, that's been amazing to me for someone who's done basically, if you count my Arizona days of local radio, twenty five years of morning radio. One thing we never talked about a lot. Sometimes we never we only mentioned the date, and then that was it was the NFL trading deadline. It was always the baseball mm. trading deadline, and that was where we brought on all our baseball experts and analysts and who's going to move, who's buying, who's selling. Man, I'm telling you, the NFL, it, November 1st, that trading deadline, it could get even more fun than, than it's gotten. You know, with, with Christian McCaffrey going to San Fran, Robbie Anderson getting out of there already, going to the to the Cardinals, Robert Quinn now going to the Eagles from the Bears, one of Huge. seven players in the NFL, who has over 100 career sacks. By the way, five of those seven players all came into the league in 2011. So that's pretty that's impressive nice. that those guys all, all, all did that. But, I mean, and, and there's still a bunch of pretty decent names out there that aren't going to cost you a whole lot. Maybe fourth round, fifth round, seventh round. A lot will depend on, like, what their salaries are. Like Quinn, the Bears are picking up most of his salary. His next two years at, like, 13 and 14 mil are non-guaranteed. So it's not much of a risk on the Eagles' part, which is already stacked at pass rusher. So I've been impressed, and it's been fun to talk about NFL guys getting traded, and more is going to happen before that trading deadline. True. And we it talk is. about NFL as a business, but what do you think about Roquan Smith tearing up at, at the podium when he found out that Robert Quinn was was traded? Oh, listen, it's you know it, it is a business, but so you make your decisions based on business. Like when I left uh, for free agency, I made more on on emotion than business. I shouldn't have left. I should have stayed in Philly. Mm. But the business part of, I mean the the. The friendship part of it, listen, I, I played with guys six, seven years in Philly, you know, that I became very good friends with, um, that, you know, I, I had great feelings for. And and so I, when I see that, I, I understand that. I mean, you're with, you're with your team. You guys know this. You're with your teammates more than you're with, you know, other students in college or with your families in the NFL. 
So you, you spend a lot of time and, and, and some, some players you're acquaintances with some players you can't stand and you don't even want to be around and other players are dear friends. So yeah, I, I, I understand that completely. Yeah, it's it, it's it it is the very real like the business personal line like they always blur they they can't help yeah. that it's a business where your body is your business and so it's hard to separate those but you're right dad I mean I think an influx of younger GMs certainly helped that and this dial up I mean yeah. what we've seen from less uh, less need from what's gone on in Tampa Bay like the fuck them picks mentality that has these guys pushing chips to the center and trying to deal aggressively for these things has bled over to the trade deadline. Well, the Rams did it last year. Look what happened. They won the Super Bowl. So everything they did about giving up their picks until 2050 worked, right? When you get the payoff, it's when you don't get the payoff. You know, like in Tampa Bay, they got guys coming up in the next couple of years that are going to be monster cap hits. So they're going to have to deal with that. You know, you, you, it, it's tough to keep living in the right world when you know you're going to have to pay back or, or deal with a lot of dead money. And unfortunately, it's not paying off for Tampa Bay right now. They tried, and I don't blame them. If Tom's going to keep playing, you try and keep a, a great team around him, but it's not going to work this year the way it's going, and then the Piper's going to come a-calling, you know, at some point. Whether you're hosting game day or movie night, DiGiorno knows that planning a watch party on a budget isn't easy. You need the perfect setting, the perfect squad, and the perfect eats. Luckily, you're a game time mastermind, and you know that grabbing DiGiorno Classic Crust Pizza can bring home a dub, because it's packed with half a pound of cheese, sauce, and other toppings, and comes at an incredible price. Make the game-winning call and grab a DiGiorno Classic Crust Pizza from the grocery store today. It's not delivery, it's DiGiorno. Is there a team that's actually like another move away? Because the NFL's weird this year. Like, Dad, you and I do power rankings every week for DraftKings. And um, my top five for this week stayed the same as it was last week. Um, the top the crew up top is no surprise. Buffalo, Philly, and the Chiefs. And you could really put them in any order. Like, I toyed with putting the Chiefs above the uh, Eagles this week and just didn't pull the trigger on it. Okay, I, I put Philly one, Buffalo two, Kansas City three. Yeah, so but those are clearly the three best yes. teams in the NFL. The NFL this season feels like college football does on most years. College football actually feels a little more wide open this year. Through the early portion of this season, it's a three-team race right now in the NFL. For five, four and five in my top five, I went the Dallas Cowboys and the Minnesota Vikings because I think the Cowboys have a weapon on defense. They've got enough talent on offense, and now they're getting Dak Prescott back after Cooper Rush did his job. Who'd you have at four and five? I had the other way. I had Minnesota Dallas. You had Dallas Minnesota. Yeah. I I had I had Minnesota Dallas. You know, there's other teams in there. Do you think about you know should the Giants be getting a little love? You know, with just one loss. Look at how well Seattle's playing uh, as well. But uh, so yeah. But I I didn't have them in there yet. I did the if Dallas hadn't come back a little bit like they did on Philly, I may not have had them in the top five because I called that game and they were getting the shit kicked out of them in the first half. They had a monster third quarter, brought themselves to win three points of that game before Philly scored another touchdown and won it. And they have just such a phenomenal defense. I don't know how good the offense is going to be, quite honestly, going forward. Um, but the defense, when you have a defense that good, you're going to be in every game. Is there a, but like, so you mentioned calling games. Tom Brady said it earlier. He said there's a lot of bad football around the league right now. And for the beginning part of the season, I think he was right. And we know part of this is the offseason structure that makes the first four games kind of like a training camp. But as we look around in that next group of teams on down after really the top three, 
I think you've seen the Bengals improving a lot in recent weeks. I think Baltimore is a team that really outside of the fourth quarter would probably be a top five team. They just feel like melting down in that quarter. The NFC is a little harder to read right now yeah. because the South has become a total crapshoot. Those teams have really let us down. The Packers and the Bucks have let us down at the top of these. And so I look out there like the only team that comes to mind for me because you brought up the Los Angeles Rams, a team who made a move at the trade deadline and then won a Super Bowl. Like, right. is there is there another team that's one part away or that close? You could argue Philadelphia going and adding Robert Quinn is going to be the closest mirror to that, a team that was already in contention who added to a strength that they had along the defensive front because they understand having premier pass rushers is what you're going to need in the postseason. We've seen that you know be true forever, but certainly in recent years. Right, right. Um, You know, you sit there and you try and think out there who's – you know, is Chase Claypool a guy that could go help a team, you know, at, at wide receiver? Uh, I think he might be someone. Um, I, I had a whole list of guys that were kind of. How about Kareem Hunt? I mean, Kareem, I, I tell you what, the one two punch of Hunt and Chubb, I don't know if I would do that if I'm Cleveland. I mean, I like that. Maybe they think it's not, it's not sustainable in the long run, but you can get that guy for maybe a fourth round pick or worse. I think that would be a good pickup for somebody as well. Yeah, so I, I think that's interesting because Cleveland, I just don't know what they're going to be by the time Deshaun Watson gets back. Right, right. Like if that's a team in contention or if it benefits you to get some stuff off the books going forward because you've got guys like him that were preseason trade candidates. Mike Gusecki, the tight end for the Miami Dolphins, was also in that camp before the season started. The one that was interesting, and I saw a list of .com of names that might be up for debate, and they said Isaiah Wynn from New England, who oh, right. has m- moved from left to right, struggled. He's a guy that got injured and banged up. I loved him coming out of Georgia. Both, and both, never... both of us were on him. I liked him too, and he just never really lived up, right? Now, I will say the switch from left to right can be hard on guys, and asking him to do that this year because Trent Brown got back over there is understandable. The thing I wonder, and as far as teams that might be able to get themselves back into range, I wonder what's going to become of the Los Angeles Chargers. Like, they've been one of the most inconsistent teams. That offense continues to put a lid on its quarterback, who's banged up this season, playing with the hurt ribs like we know about. But the offensive line's gotten banged up. Like, you're down Rashawn Slater for the entire season. Do you make a move and try and bring over Isaiah Wynn, kick him back to left tackle, and see if you can plug that hole? Because looking at the rest of the AFC West, Denver's out of this race. They're not going to be a competitive team because of the way that offense has been operating. And Las Vegas defensively is so inept that despite having a really talented offense, you're going to have a chance against them. And so the AFC West was a team we thought could have three wildcard teams potentially in it outside of the Chiefs, who I and a lot of people picked to win this thing if you're the chargers do you not try and take a swing and make sure you're continuing to maximize i mean look at how much you already spent this offseason you're all in for right now this chargers in some building shit for the future this is a team that went out and operated like that now you had a miss jc jackson who i think is done for the year now but had been struggling already you brought over khalil macklin you you were in that mode so why not go and try and build up and be aggressive to help your quarterback out before the deadline how about and how about a team like seattle a team we thought I thought and listen I was wrong that they would that, that their quarterback future quarterback isn't on their team. Did you look at what Geno Smith's doing. Kenneth Walker's you know uh, uh, stepping out right now. T 
TJ Lockett and DK Metcalf were probably like, who the hell is getting us the ball this year? Now they got to be happy as hell. <laughs> so, you know, maybe they're a team, maybe on the defensive side of the ball, that'll make a move. You know, they're sitting there on top of the NFC West right now. So it could, you know, does a team like the Giants or the Jets, you know, make a move? You know, because while they're good teams, both on four-game winning streaks, I don't think anybody's ready to say, well, they're going to challenge for the Super Bowl. Well, so maybe they think about trying to make a move out there as well. So it, it, it will be interesting, and I love the fact we're even talking about it as opposed to that it was just an afterthought, the trade deadline. But there's more than a few teams uh, that, that could give it, a, give it a go. Do you think... Do you think the Colts would trade Matt Ryan? Do you think Matt Ryan would go anywhere? I mean, I don't know where he's going to go to start. I don't know. He wouldn't go to a contender, obviously. So maybe that's going to be an offseason move that he'll sign somewhere because that was one of the more bizarre moves of the week. So now that I think more about it, nobody's going to trade for him uh, right now unless they want an unbelievably solid backup if they think they're a a contender and they get their guy nicked and maybe need someone to step in. The Patriots do love stationary whites. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> okay, but if you're talking about uh, exemplary backups, aren't the 49ers a quarterback away from winning a Super Bowl? Oh, I don't want to like, hear this. They don't have you, any picks Brandon, to give you up, motherfucker. What? <laughs> the president of the, the wow. president of the Jimmy G fan club over there is advocating for the Niners to make a move at quarterback. How dare you? <laughs> The president, okay, it's the president of the Jimmy G is great fan club, but not right now. Okay, that's the that's uh, the. When's he gonna he be? Needs, oh he no, needs, he needs competition. He needs to be pushed or pulled. Like, there's a reason why he I, was okay taking a back seat and just collecting money this I, season. He, he needs a little. He needs a little something. I'm I don't not, know if Matt Ryan is that something. I'm not going to entertain he needs that thought. What I want to ask Dad because this reminded me of the argument you and I had about the NFL trade deadline. Dad, the Christian McCaffrey move, what was your thought on that? Because Brandon and I went back and forth on this. The price tag they gave up, the picks that Carolina was able to get in return for a running back going over into a Kyle Shanahan system that seemed to make stars out of anybody who was back in that backfield. Did you think that was a move that made them enough better to overcome Jimmy G being your quarterback? Absolutely, I did. Absolutely. I mean, not you have now two guys because you put Debo in the backfield at times as well. What, mm-hmm. the, the whole thing about offense, Mike, and, and, and I'll, I'll go to you from this as well, what kind of matchups can you create to, to that you're benefiting from? And Debo and Christian McCaffrey are two guys that could win their matchups, right? Who are you putting on them? You know, you got Kittle as well. I mean, you have now given yourself multiple threats so where does the coverage go? Uh, and, and I get how you can make a star out of anybody, but Christian McCaffrey, he's a different breed, man. He's a hes a different cat coming out of the backfield, whether lined up in the slot, wide, or in the backfield. Everything to me is about matchups. So when you have that much talent on the offense, you're making your job easier for Jimmy G because now pre-snap motion, pre-snap read, figuring out you got man, you got zone, where am I going to go with the ball? It's all going to help Jimmy G, I think. Uh, so I, I thought that was a phenomenal move, akin to the move last year of the Rams making a late move that says, man, we're all in and, and we're going for it. And, and I think their defense is already strong in San Fran. So I, I really think this helped this offense a lot. I guess. Do like, you I, not? Don't get me do, wrong. So right. like, like, this is my thing. I'm excited to see Christian McCaffrey in that offense because we know Kyle Shanahan's super creative. My whole point was 
with that team, one, you've already spent an ungodly amount of failed draft capital on running backs that's led you to this, trying to bring this guy over to help put more pieces back there. It's an offense that is so scheme-based that does a lot of things to get these guys open, and at the end of the day, your quarterback is still Jimmy Garoppolo, and when you got to the postseason and you needed a couple of those big throws mixed in, I don't think Christian McCaffrey all of a sudden makes those materialize. And so I just worry that they're still going to be Jimmy Garoppolo away from getting where they want to go. And while it was Christian McCaffrey's first game, they're outing against the Kansas City Chiefs where Trent Williams is back, albeit not 100%. But we don't know if he's going to be 100% now for the rest of the season. Nick Bosa was back on defense. They got their asses kicked by the Chiefs. Fully and truly because the other team's got the space alien playing quarterback. And so I just wonder if you're mortgaging too much now. Christian McCaffrey could be around there for a while. What your plan is with Trey Lance going forward, maybe you think this continues to help him when you make that transition last year, but it's it's a complicated spot for San Fran because they could and should win the NFC West this year. It's just what you gave up relative to the production you've already gotten from that position was a little confusing to me, even if I'm pumped to see it. So, if it, obviously, if you win the Super Bowl, it was worth it. And then if you don't win the Super Bowl, that, that this is the, it was just like the Rams with all the moves they made. If they didn't win a Super Bowl, you start to wonder, when is it all going to catch up to you? Listen, if Elijah Mitchell doesn't get hurt, we know this move is never being made, right? Um, and, and, and you're right. Jeff Wilson has been stepping in. He's averaging 5.2 a carry. So he's been successful carrying the ball. But I don't think you're going to get anybody, any other back in there like Christian who can catch the ball out of the backfield. And I go back to, I think this helps Jimmy G. And we always talk about Jimmy G. Again, they were one game away from the Magic Land last year. And as far as Trey Lance, we should know what's going to happen. Where did they go last year? They were one game away from the Super Bowl, right? And Trey Lance was named the starter. So, I mean, if they don't win the Super Bowl, the same thing's going to happen. Trey Lance is going to be named the starter. They're going to do it again. Uh, well, they did it last year, so why wouldn't they do it this year? Uh, unless Garoppolo just starts playing out of his mind. And at this point, Garoppolo's going to play like Garoppolo. He's going to make some good throws, and he's going to make some mistakes. But what I think is you got another weapon who can help, again, with your matchup situations that can actually make Garoppolo's job easier on the field. It's the most wonderful time of the year. March Madness, getting ready to go in college basketball. And we got some of the best stars in the sport finally trying to close the deal. Zach Eady at Purdue trying to see if he can cap off an historic career with the championship. Much like his counterpart on the women's side and Caitlin Clark, who's been one of the biggest names in sports this entire year and is looking to see if she can snag that elusive championship that's eluded her during her career. Regardless of who makes it to that final game of the tourney, though, one thing's for certain. It's going to take the most talented people like the two I just mentioned working together to help these teams play at a high level. If you're hiring, you want the most talented people on your team to help your business go to the next level. How do you find them? ZipRecruiter. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Gojo. ZipRecruiter uses matching technology to score excellent candidates for your job. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's powerful technology starts showing you qualified people for it. And once you review your list of the most qualified candidates for your job, you can easily invite your top choices to apply, so they're more likely to apply sooner. Pick ZipRecruiter to help you build a winning team. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash Gojo. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash Gojo. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. 
The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn five bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. That means as we lurch towards March Madness, you can try and figure out who's gonna win this whole thing. On the men's side, teams like UConn, Houston, and Purdue. On the women's side, South Carolina, Stanford, the Lady Irish in Notre Dame, or maybe Caitlin Clark's Iowa Hawkeyes finally get over the hump. Make the decision for yourself and head over and download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code GOJO when you do. New customers can bet five bucks and get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code GOJO, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY, that's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, so this is a lot of exciting stuff going on here. Like you said, the trade deadline being a legitimate thing in the NFL just continues to be another feather in the cap of a league and an organization that's managed to make their product so year-round entertaining. It's absorbed a lot of the best parts of the NBA offseason and trade deadline and somehow made them a part of their own, which this is why the league gets to do and co-sign as much awful shit as it does because they know they can point back to this stuff. But that's a story for another day. So speaking of awful shit... I want to transition to the television portion of this podcast. And I want to put up the stop signs for anyone who has not seen the HBO show House of the Dragon, the prequel to Game of Thrones. This is where the spoilers start. We are going to talk openly and candidly about this show. We are going to talk about the season one that is now wrapped up, finished up Sunday night, and is in review. And so I want to make sure we will put this in the show notes. There are spoilers ahead. If you listen past here and it fucks up your day, that's on you because we've told you twice now in this podcast. All right, listen, I, I'm if you're comfortable with that, you know, this is your show. I, I, I'm always I always wonder is there a waiting period? Because the one thing about me, I never watch these shows live. I, I can't remember when I've watched a Netflix, HBO Max, Showtime, Amazon Prime, all the areas I hit for shows where where where, where they're on weekly where I watch them live. I always watch them taped. So I never know the perfect time of when I can start dealing on spoilers. So I will go with you on this one. Yep. I think we're enough days removed. This podcast will release the Thursday after the finale. So I feel good about this. So, you know, for anyone coming into this that needs a refresher, the series, the prequel set 200 years before Game of Thrones based on George R. R. Martin's Fire and Blood series about the House Targaryen, the house best known for having big badass dragons. So, oh, First and foremost, probably the best part is just the overwhelming amount of dragon exposure in this series. I right? didn't realize when they were talking in this last series that the one guy, uh, well, I, again, I'm horrible on names. The <laughs> guess, lo- guess, guess, throw it out lo- there. Long, white haired guy who started talking about the amount of Damon. dragons. Like, we have, thir- we have 13 dragons. They only have like two or three. I'm like, holy shit, I didn't realize there were that many dragons. I had no idea. There were, I, I didn't know, it should be a dragon war, and that is correctly his niece slash wife. 
the incest that goes on back in those days is ungodly, okay, of what happens. When, when she says, if there's a dragon war, everything burns, basically. So she didn't want that while he was all for it. I mean, I did not realize there were that many dragons involved. Give me a good dragon any day, man. I love that. By the See, way, I, th- I thought they did a good... Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, Game no. of Thrones website has a list of every dragon name on them. It's of the dragon, which I love, I love that it's called the Dragon Index. Like, it's the football power index. That is great. God. <laughs> well, that's the thing. For for this to be the house of the dragon, which, you know, I feel like we didn't get enough. I don't want to say there's not enough dragons because I did like the way that it was kind of normalized as if they're just around. But when it gets to wartime and we start talking about artillery and Damon's saying, talking about how many dragon eggs yeah. he's got in, in the closet and shit. Like, I'm like, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. I keep that thing like, on Are me. we all... <clears throat> Like, 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 how, how are we thinking of dragons as horses? Are they oh, these ain't no. Like, Those are, are nukes. weapons, man. They're nukes. They're, they're about as powerful a weapon as you can have. Listen, another part that just blew my mind was the the lady that was going through pregnancy and it wasn't going to go well at all. Rhaenyra. She walks out to the dragon that she basically has and has oh. that dragon fucking light her up. I'm like, holy shit. Well, and if that's so, not, oh, that wasn't and if that's not bad enough... Then the another one of the kids, the white-haired kids, goes and takes the dragon. Goes and says, okay, you're mine now, man, and starts riding around on him. Like, holy shit, the body's not even cold from getting set on fire, and the dragon's already somebody else's. So I've got a Biggest couple dragon of, like, in the game. I got a couple of category questions that I want to ask you guys that'll help us get through some of these things here. But I want to start off with I mentioned this off the top of the podcast. Dad, I don't know how you felt at the end of Game of Thrones or Brandon you, but do you think that this season was good enough to erase the bad taste in the mouth of the people who were pissed off at the last season of Thrones? Yes, because anytime I'm watching something and I can't wait for the next one on where it's going to go, and that's where I am on this. So, yeah, I mean, that's always a tough part, isn't it? Ending series. I still think the worst series show ending of all time was Seinfeld, and I loved that show, but I thought the ending was horrible. It's always tough to end a series. So, yeah, I was disappointed in Game of Thrones for sure. Uh, but, but this, listen... I'm one of those, I'm able to set it aside. Like I said, Mike, you and I are different. You dive into rabbit holes after these. I don't. I just, I hit exit, I move on to the next one. So I've moved on to this series, and I'm and I'm loving it. I'm absolutely loving it. Wait a minute. Okay, but are you at least staying to the, for the post-credits uh, explanation of the episode? No. Yeah, absolutely not. Oh, you don't watch the after-episode no. content? No. Oh. No, I see that when it comes up on my screen. Um, you know, highlights or after show content or whatever. I'm like fucking right through it. No, no. What are you going to go do for the next three minutes to come down from that high? I got a queue of shows I'm watching, Brandon. I got to get to my next show. Right now I'm on the second season of Barbarian. So, you know, I had to, had to jump into that. All right. Next, the next important question, because I agree with you guys fully on this. And for anyone that was worried, like, this is all source material. Like, the end of Game of Thrones oh, outpaced yeah. George R. R. Martin's old ass not writing these books because he's out here doing God knows what and then bitching about this. I'm sick of George, by the way. Sick and tired of George. What do you mean, God knows what? We all follow Stu Gatsy's out there with Stu Gatsy at Great for Dead true. concerts. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's at a dead show. Okay. But I didn't. You let me answer the question, Mike. I don't know if this is going to rub the stink out of the mouths because I think it's still. It wasn't. If you go, if you go uh, season one to season one, I just feel like this is just not as rich 
And obviously it has to be more narrow and shallow because you're only dealing with one house and, and then the other house of the, the black people with the white dreads. But like, I, I don't, I feel like it's still very much like a, a little, a little appetizer. Like it's one of those things like, it's one of like HBO does limited series really well because they can just make a great seven episodes and disappear. Like this has a lot of limited series vibes. So this one, I don't think had Game of Thrones seasons one version of Ned Stark getting offed very early in the series where your head explodes and you realize, okay, everything's on the table for this. This one just matched that energy with having like five scenes of graphic childbirth. Which yeah. was apparently yes. their thing. Right. Oh, my, oh God. my God. That little baby on the floor. I know. That what the baby. hell was that? And did that piss her off when she got her news at the end of that one, right? I Man. mean, nothing like that happened. And then being told your your son got fucking chewed on a dragon. Oh, yeah, shit. Yeah. It but was. that's the thing. These dragons don't listen. You can't I know call them both of them. They don't listen. But I can't believe how much bigger that one dragon was that the one dude Vagar. was on than the little Vagar's- prince was on. Think about that. What a statement to be able to say if you're aiming, I fly the biggest dragon in the world. That is the bad, and it just destroyed that little dragon. I didn't realize another dragon was so little until I saw it in the mouth of the big dragon. As people, I hope people, you heeded us and said there's going to be spoilers. So, yeah. Mike, can I quickly say before before we keep going with this, can I quickly say um, King Viserys? Is that how you say it? Viserys, Viserys, yeah. Mike, if I ever start to look like that, stick my head in an oven. Okay, that dude, I mean, was just decaying before our eyes. <laughs> so that, that was brings, horrific. That brings me to my next question. The most brutal death in season one of this show, because there were a bunch of them that we already mentioned. You do have King Viserys dying old and slow from what oh. looked like it might have been grayscale, which was the only known skin ailment that we had from Game of Thrones, the series, because you saw them constantly okay. filleting his skin off and doing that. So yeah. I wasn't sure if it was grayscale. You have Viserys dying old and slow. You have Dad, who you referenced, Lena Valerian, offing herself by dragon during her pregnancy oh, issue. God. Um, you have Lucerus Valerian, who was got the one that got eight on the back of his dragon in the finale of season one. You had Vaymond, who is Coralus Valerian's brother, who got his head cut in half for going and calling the bastard kids bastard kids. I can't believe he that did that. He, he had to know that was coming. And, and I mean, he just, it was like someone lit a fuse on him. And he just went off and I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking, dude, you're dying. It's just a matter of who's going to kill you at this point. The only other one I want to offer up, because I feel like this got lost in the sands of time, is Rhea Royce, Damon's first wife, who he pushed off the back of that horse and then offed with a rock. Yes. Oh, God, yes, yes. she was paralyzed no. and then yeah. offed her with a rock. Okay. 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 But, but, but I think there's one more, and I think this is the worst one for me. It's the lover of Rhaenyra's husband from Blackwater. That's where I was going. Uh, they got the shit beat out of him? Sir Kristen, Sir Kristen uh, of the Night's Watch. Just oh, yeah. Face. That's where I was yes. going, Brandon. I was going with that. I was going with that. Or, listen, getting torched by fire, that had to suck, okay? But that dude that just got his head caved in, that was the one where I was going to go, Brandon. To me, that now, unless after the third punch he was knocked out and didn't feel the rest of them, that dude got effed up in a big big way and dude dude went off on him like what's his name in a christmas story ralphie yes you know beating up the bully just beating the shit out of him man that was unbelievable i will say by the way sir Kristen's a punk bitch i hate that dude yeah 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 i liked him for i liked him for a little bit and then i crossed him off too he got 
I don't know. I, when you get your virginity taken, I just don't. I don't know where your mindset is at. You know what I mean? I don't. Want, I want to throw him some bail. So you know what I mean? I don't know. So don't you know. guys both are saying that one. Honestly, I think Viserys had it worse than anyone to have to die that slow. Yeah, and have it half was your bad. Face missing by the end. He, and how about just getting out of bed? Yeah, the family dinner. He's pulling off the mask. I mean, seriously, was, you're scarring oh, these yeah. kids here. You know. I mean, my God. I, okay. Was, I, I, the only one, was I the only one that wanted to see him, like, drink? Uh, and then the then the wine come out of that side of his face? Or <laughs> like, pour it in that side of his face? We all wanted yeah, to see it. So. Like, you look yeah. like Two-Face. Bro. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I would agree. You were the one. You were the one. I, I would say that, that was brutal. Uh, Mr. Golick and we think that that was the worst death, but I think it was. it had to have been the last death that we saw in the season because we, we just don't know what it's like to be eaten by a dragon so he, uh, while on Dragonback. So here's like, the thing. Like, here's the thing. <laughs> like did he get worse. eaten or did he? Did the dragon just get ripped in half and did that kid just fall? Now, if you're falling until you oh, pass wow. out, you got to be going, shit, I'm going to fucking die here, man. He I was so high. Perish. Yes. Yes. So I'm hoping so he got Above he got like just chomped right away and felt nothing because if he didn't, he had a long ass fall till he was hitting the earth. Okay, but I would say this: I I don't think that I am like sitting on pins and needles waiting for the next season. Oh, I, don't, I, I disagree. Don't, I, I don't think We're I on the precipice of war. Yeah, yeah, I am. I I, I definitely am. Now, I, I here here's how bad it is for me. Was that last episode the end of the season? Yes. Ah, shit. Yeah. So we got to wait. <laughs> All right. I, I, thought, I thought we were getting, getting another one. I got Yellowstone coming back soon, so I'm happy about that. But uh, oh, I didn't goodness. know that was the end of the end of the season. And, man, was she pissed. Renera well, when she found that out, oh, man. I don't blame her. Well, this is the biggest question I wanted to get to because – you're right. Like, all of that set it up perfectly. This woman who had been getting lauded for her restraint. We heard all yep. of that talk about how she was the only one showing restraint. And then y you did the one thing. And you saw Eamon knew it. Like, even for that guy, as bloodthirsty as he was, a oh, guy who yeah. hated yeah. those kids because they took his eye, who yeah. really grew up hating everyone. He was the one that was... Like, he was the Joker in this series. He was the Agreed. one that was cast yep. out by everyone else. He was mocked for not having a dragon. And then they pushed him, and they pushed him, and they broke him. And so he responded by becoming, I think, the most intriguing character for the rest of this series. Because you can tell he is dark and well-trained. And that is a lethal but combination know, in this show. But you know what? You said it at the end. He even knew he fucked up. He even knew that yeah. it wasn't supposed to go that far and there's going to be consequences. He's just trying to mess with that kid. Wanted the kid to take his eye and all that, but didn't want him to get chomped and die. So I think for as badass as he is, he even, that look on his face was like, Oh, I done fucked up here, man. Yep. This ain't gonna end. This ain't gonna end well for me. He knew. He knew. He was like you see in every war movie where there's all the guys with the arrows drawn waiting in the back. Yeah. And the one it was in Lord of the Rings accidentally let it loose and started the war. <laughs> the war. He realizes yeah, yeah. he just started the war. So the the biggest Oops. question in this series that I want to ask you guys though is, whose side do you fall on? Because it was very clearly positioned. It was. 
the it was you know black versus green it was princess rhaenyra versus allison hightower who were best mm-hmm. friends to start the series allison ends up getting pawned off onto rhaenyra's dad king viserys yeah. by her dad there's a whole lot of daddy issues yeah. in this yeah show. a lot a lot a lot of dad a lot of, of, dad, a lot, well, a lot of incest and shit it's, it's well it, even outside of the incest it's a story of largely fathers failing their children and really parents yeah. failing their children because right. all along this series it is littered with kids who have to bear the mistakes of their parents and then the ambitions like you got a bunch of dance parents in here who are trying to project all of their desires Allison Hightower's dad the hand of the king gigantic piece of shit like really I'm wondering if you're bringing up all this father-son shit for a reason is there something you want to tell me (laughs) have I have I let you down in some way I mean I mean did I fuck up? Listen, I mean, I, listen hey, listen, you sound you sound like a hit dog hollering right now if you think that's where this is going, because that's just what the show's about. But did what? did either did either of you guys empathize with Allison at all as no. she started this rise to try and get her kid's name to the throne because she saw Rhaenyra out here doing all the things that she never got to do, right? Princess Rhaenyra grew up and never wanted to play by the rules that were meant to her. She wanted to be a warrior. She did not want to be a mother. She wanted to go out here and fuck who she wanted, when she wanted, while you had Allison who followed all the rules, who got sent off to marry the king by her dad, didn't realize she was being played, and ends up there and is playing the nice queen role inside the tower and looks and is upset that her friend does not have to do all this. Did you feel any empathy for Allison along the way? I don't mind her trying to do things for her kids. I, I listen as a parent, I understand that. Um, but, but I'm on, I'm on, um, uh, Rhaenyra? side. Yeah. I, I think she's, she's a, she, like I said, she wanted peace, but she's a badass. You know, I mean, she didn't even flinch when Allison came at her with the knife, wanted the kid's eye, and she got in the way and got her got her freaking arm sawed and didn't even when, fucking flinch. I was like, wow, okay. When she hit her with the now they see you for what you really are, I said, yeah. oh, she is yeah. cooking. Oh, yeah, but I'm on her side. I, I, I like her. I'm a big fan of hers. Even though know. she's married to like her Rhaenyra. uncle. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think Rhaenyra's made but it a little bit too many But her uncle was also a predator. He was grooming her when she was a teenager. That yes. was disgusting. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's sick. Yeah, he's sick. He's sick. But I think that's the thing. Like I don't want to. I don't want to. In that same light, I feel like Alicent is a victim of her father and uh, the the hand of the king and his his ambitions for the throne. Like it always happens, but. That Laris, or is his name Laris, uh, the the guy who is meets with Alicent and show, she shows her feet and he touches oh. himself. Oh man, that <laughs> yeah. dude's uh, that dude freaking is fucking. Yeah, the guy, the, guy, the guy who killed like his like got his own yeah. dad and brother killed earlier. That was the one Brandon Marshall Newhouse had the peat. She's in the chat room. The tweet. <laughs> she's in the chat room showing feet. I oh. was not prepared. <laughs> I, well, I wasn't either. But that's the thing. I, at first, I'm wondering what's going on. She's taking her shoes off and then she's turning to the side and all of a sudden dude's putting hand in pants on i'm like what the fuck is this man I, listen that, i will say this i think if i'm choosing between the two i gotta go with the lady who's gotten to show her feet to, to get to get things done like i feel like there's a there's a uh i don't know i just i feel bad for allison more than i feel bad for rhaenyra so, so, she's, so she's more, in that she's regard more trapped and nobody gives a shit what she says all those right. guys around her. exactly yeah. 
Yeah. Exactly. So I, I just feel I feel bad for her. She's she's been wearing green since that meeting. Like she's been going to war over and over and over again. And all she has is weapons. Are, are these children that are just going to all die out? Like she she started a war. She's lucky that she didn't get uh, roasted by the dragons yeah. from the niece yeah, princess, princess cousin. By far though, and, and again, pardon me for the names. The family with the hair is the greatest family. They're the oh, best looking the Valer- group out there. The Valerians. Oh House my Valerian. God! The the, the dude, yes. the, the daughters. Steel. I mean that. Oh, oh my man. God! They're phenomenal. Yeah. I love them. Yeah. I mean, in the storyline, I, I understand, but I mean, from a looks wise, oh, that's just phenomenal. It is a great look. I'm, I'm with you. It is a great look. Um, we talked about um, uh, Lena Valerian, who ended up offering herself one of the most effortlessly beautiful people I've ever seen in my life. So. The one who had the had the uh, had the yeah. pregnancy problem, who dragged herself to death. Yeah, she she was beautiful without question. I, I didn't see that one coming either. I'm like, wait a minute, what what are you doing hey, that for? She she called her shot. She said she wanted to go out like a warrior, and so when she saw that the pre- the childbirth was going bad, and this is a reminder that like you know that used to be like a 50-50 toss up of survival. She said she was going to go out on her terms, and man, did she ever! Right. She did. You can't figure file much of a way to go burning to death, man. <laughs> Shit's got to hurt. The Valerians. The Valerians not only had the strongest fleet in the ocean, they had the biggest dragon. Yeah. The Valerians were were are, are depleting before us. They're well, not even going to be uh, big pieces in this war. Oh, oh, dude, they're going to be huge pieces in this war because remember the sea snake. The sea snake comes back in at the end, and he said the reason I almost died yeah. is securing all of those wetland areas that we were trying to hold down, and now right, we right. got it, and we can bleed these suckers dry. So the Valerians are going to continue to have an important role in the war to come on this. But I exciting season one was pumped about that. Very, very cool. Brandon, you know what would be really a great time? Ooh. To be able to see season one, to be able to watch this Dragon War from the stands, mm-hmm. be able to watch that in person. Game Time doesn't have that Ooh, yet, but yes. I can tell you that they've got pretty much everything else here. Game Time, one of our supporters on this show, someone we really think can help you out, the fastest growing ticketing app that guarantees the lowest prices on all your favorite sports, concerts, and shows, not wars between houses in old uh, Westeros. But you can go and check out everything else. So Game Time, you open up the app, it shows you the area that you're in, it shows you all the things that are available to you there. Day of concerts, you can buy tickets to sporting events as we're in the Equinox season where we've got all four majors going at once right now. And then it's going to give you the ability to actually view your seat from inside the app, all while doing it for the lowest price you're going to find around here. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and redeem code GOJO for $20 off your first purchase. Again, that's GOJO for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Download game time last minute tickets lowest prices guaranteed and it's a special day for dad brandon because he gets to stick around and he gets to hear me ask you the all-important question brandon which i hope you're ready for right now and judging by the look on your face you're not because i was going to ask you if you knew what time it was i'm ready mike all right i don't know if you hear that we don't hear anything no nope. i hear nothing you guys don't hear that no. nope. oh really I'll just, I'll just okay let me say let me see. Let me do it. Let me do it. Let me, let me, let me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. You ready? Yeah. You guys got me? Oh, we can hear it now. You guys following? I'm off with your head. Dance, dance to the day. Off with your head. Dance, dance, dance. 
Brandon, unhinged with power, drunk off technology. Brandon, cut the music. For wow. God's sakes. The drunk with power that? here. As always, download, subscribe, rate, and review Gojo wherever you get your podcast. Leave us a five-star rating mm. and a review. And tell Brandon if you enjoyed whatever that was. I love Heads Will Roll. I just am not sure Brandon understood what the beat was to that. I was yeah. lost on that yeah. whole thing. I'm not going to lie. I I'll, I'll, I'll correct I'll correct it in post maybe just just a little bit. Well, Dad, if you're lost, thankfully you're going to be found here. Uh, it is uh, this, that, and the third. It is three quick stories oh to get us out of here on the okay. podcast. Uh, I want to start with this one. Um, as we get to this, I saw the NCAA D1 Council met today. Uh, and had a couple of new changes for the interim name, image, and likeness rules, one of which was this. Schools, coaches, and administrators can't provide free services, such as graphic designers, tax preparation, or contract review, to student-athletes unless those services are available to the general student body. Same with equipment like cameras, mm. graphic softwares, or computers. I know we're in a time where the NCAA is pretty powerless and you don't technically have to listen to them or cooperate with them anymore because they are toothless in the way that they can enforce most of this. But what the hell, man? Like, they're seriously going to act like now we can't treat the athlete special? Are the kids that are in the calc class with me now going to get to come and hang out in the cold tub after? Going to get to come over and use the weight room with us at the 6 a.m. lift? Do they want to hit buys and tries with us at 6 a.m. before we go to biology? Like, what the fuck is this arbitrary distinction from these dumb people? I, I think the biggest, the most ridiculous thing out there has been the you can't have anything that a regular student can't have. And, and I know a lot of people, 99% of the people listening to this were regular students where we were all the athletes, but you know, it's just, it, it isn't the same. So there's going to be some perks, uh, or some things that you get. I, at least I think so. I mean, Mike, we, we, well, Mike, Brandon, all of us, we went to a school here at Notre Dame where they won't build a new sporting building unless there's a new you know, classroom or dorm built that has to be done first. So, I mean, Notre Dame has been living this forever. I mean, at times for even Notre Dame or other to not have a training table. I think it's crazy. I think what you ask from your athletes uh, and then, and then you need to keep them, you know, fortified and keep them like they need to be in the beginning of the season to the end of the season, not to feed them something different or at different times or as much as they want. I know we went further with the snacks and things like that. And now there is basically training table everywhere, but I'm with you to start nitpicking at, you can't have a camera crew. You can't have tax prep or, I mean, come well, on, you know, and, what, and that, what, what are we doing? That's the frustrating part for me is everything you mentioned about how they've opened up what you can provide the monstrosities that they've built in the name of these facilities to house players to make sure that they can go there and do the work so much different than anything students have access to the training yes. and nutrition that they have there to make sure that they're healthy on the field all things that benefit the school that they're willing to have be different but because this part of it might benefit the players some and address my biggest worry when nil started my biggest worry was you're not going to have kids coming out at 18 years old who are equipped to do their taxes yet who understand how to read contracts and have that and i said from day one right. the biggest priority for higher education if these places are still places that want to rep that and claim that's what they're about is to get these resources into their hands <laughs> schools may still disregard this schools may offer this for everyone and just understand not everyone's going to use it because not every kid on campus is being asked to do a deal for the car dealership or promote something on the internet because they don't have the platform that these athletes do if this deters even one school 
from providing these resources for players that need it, then this is a massive mm. failure on the part of the NCAA to do the thing that's supposed to be their fucking job, which is help these kids. That's why yeah. that's why it pisses me off, because you have a chance to help them for something that does a benefit you directly, and you just punt it immediately in the name of some bullshit propping up of amateurism that doesn't exist anymore. Does, that doesn't exist anymore. It's exactly right. But there, there are too many, but, too many administrators that can't get over that fact. But the, the amateurism never existed, and that's what my problem is, because they are trying to make uh, they're trying to make everyone seem similar and the same. But I didn't even care about the uh, lack of money that the normal students, NARPs, if you will, uh, non-athletic regular people, we call them sometimes at Notre Dame. Uh, I didn't really care about the NARPs not bringing in money. Like, where's your pound of flesh? Because I feel like that's the thing that these athletes, all of us athletes, all athletes in college, have to give up to uh, be active in their program, whether if it's a club team or if it's a serious uh, big-time football as D1 as Notre Dame. Like, I am I need that pound of flesh being given because the the the, the laissez-faire attitude of the of students on campus while I'm, like, grinding my ass off just to make shit ends meet and, and barely get a chance to eat, that's the shit that used to drive me up a wall. And you know what? It's not to discount that there are some students that are working jobs to make sure that they can right. even pay their way yep. through school. Like, there are plenty of people that have it hard. We just didn't make the choice that people pack 80000 into a stadium to watch football instead of math. That wasn't a choice that we made. That was a choice that society made, that the people in power made, that fans made by tuning into that. So... That was the part of that that pissed me off. So Yeah, and, you know, and, and listen, I still go back, even though I'm fine with NIL and I'm fine with players making all the money they can, I completely get that. The one thing that the players, you're talking about your pound of flesh, Brandon, I get that, but they also will say, well, you guys are here on the school's dime. I got to pay, and when I'm out of here, uh, when I start earning a paycheck, part of that paycheck is going to be paying back my my education. And for the 98% of players that don't go on to the NFL or NBA or any kind of pro, the first part of their, pay, their paycheck is all theirs. They don't have to pay anything back. So, And, and I know we've grown from that, but that, that's still something. There is still something to the fact that because most guys aren't going pro in what they do, men or women, so – they get to start earning money right away and don't have to pay back anything where a, a high percentage in the normal student does have to pay back. You know, we'll, we'll see in this day and age, though, well, as the president is trying to forgive a lot of these loans, but they have to pay back these loans. True. I would say nowadays you're more right than not because of the NIL deals, but I was a guy who had student loans to pay back because I had to take out loans to eat because we just didn't have I just didn't have money to afford to eat right. outside of you know all that stuff like that so I do, I do think that NIL is making it better so that there is extra and I, and, and and a lot of these kids are eating off that extra yeah. as as they should be and institutions that pride themselves on molding young men and women should pride themselves on giving them the tools to handle the new challenges that are coming their way. And if you make that available to campus, good. More kids should leave college knowing what's going on with their taxes. Because we absolutely all joke all the time right. about how difficult that part is. So absolutely, uh, let's get to that. Uh, the Super Bowl halftime show will feature Rihanna this year. As we know, we had talked about on this podcast, Rihanna hadn't really come out with new music in years, especially not her own stuff. She had been featured on some things. Well... Rihanna is back with her first original song uh, in years called Lift Me Up that's going to be a part of the Black Panther Wakanda Forever soundtrack. It's an original uh, track that she teamed up with. It was written by Thames, Ludwig Garanison, and Rihanna 
along with Ryan Coogler, who's the co-director of the movie. They dropped a little teaser, nothing with the actual song in it, but Rihanna tweeting it out there. Brandon, do you think we're getting an album out of this? Does any part of this, coupled with Rihanna's resurgence back into the Super Bowl halftime, make you think we've got a next chapter of her career that's going to get started? 100%, Mike. One thing that is the reason all those people collaborated and wrote that is because this new Rihanna song is a tribute to Chadwick Boseman. Yep. Like, this is this, this whole thing is going to be for the original Black Panther in the cinematic universe. And I think... So last time the Black Panther album came out, Mike, it was a banger, and it was done by Kendrick Lamar and TDE and all those people, right? This time it sounds like the entire album, much like Beyonce and Lion King, uh, this entire album is going to be under the hands of Rihanna and uh, obviously collaborating with a bunch of different artists, and it's going to be like a, a, a regular soundtrack album should be. But I think it's a good warm-up for her to not only get ready for the Super Bowl, but get into some real some new music that we were probably going to get immediately after wouldn't you want to wouldn't wouldn't that be the smart business thing to do if you're going to do halftime of the super bowl where so many tens of millions of people are going to see you that you release something after that or right before that or right around you don't see it a lot though it's it doesn't happen a lot, though. But you just said it would be the smart business move, and if there's one thing we know about Rihanna, whose money has a B after it, yes, is it if does. it is smart business, Man. she is probably going to be doing it. That moment speaks, and we all sit up and listen. So, yep. Yep. jacked up for that one. Um, last one here. We'll get to the third. Dad, since we're getting up here on Halloween coming up on Monday and we won't talk to you before then, I saw Will Compton and the guys over at Bussin' with the boys threw up a candy power ranking. I did a candy power ranking today for college football Saturday night powered by Learfield that you were part of last year. And so I need to know where you guys are at on this. I just did a top three earlier today when I was asked on college football Saturday night. And I went all chocolate for my candy top three. I have at number three, I've got Kit Kats. Great texture, Mm -hmm. great crunch. You get four of them in a pack, two of them in the smaller pack. Either way, good bang for your buck. Number two on this list, Twix. We talked about this yesterday, Brandon. Incredibly underrated uh, concoction of flavors. Mm -hmm. You get, again, a lot of bang for your buck in the standard pack of those. That kind of volume matters to me. And number one, I will go the Reese's Holiday Shapes on this. Now, I saw Will Compton put the Reese's Fast Break Bar on there. That's certainly a contender in the mix. I would put that more in the candy bar. I was going to kind of deal with the tried and true Blue Buds. And I think the Reese's Shapes, better than the Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, better peanut butter to chocolate ratio and especially the Halloween pumpkins provide a little something extra. So where are we at on this one, Dad, as far as your vantage point on this? I'll go top five with mine. Just outside my top five is the underrated $100,000 bar. Big. Wait, you mean a hundred grand? Wait, the hundred grand? Yeah, the hundred grand, hundred thousand dollar bar, hundred grand, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, It's... You guys gonna get me we'll on, let the, it ride. on the semantics? The hundred thousand dollar bar, hundred grand. I want I them to the print. Co- I want them to print one now with just a hundred thousand and not a hundred grand on the front. Oh no, a hundred. Well, a hundred grand and a hundred thousand are the same thing, aren't they? Oh yeah, no, I understand that, but they put yeah. one hundred and then grand. I want grand, them to put yeah. one zero 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 zero. They do. You're right. So yeah. I'll get mocked for that, I'm sure. But that's on the outside. Number five, <laughs> Milky Way. Mm. Big fan of Milky Way. Mm. Number four, I'm going Reese's here. This wow. is where I'm going. The Reese's peanut butter cup. Ooh, Dan yeah. Orlovsky got to you. Yeah. 
On what? No, I, Dan he, Orlovsky he said, said he trash. thinks Reese. No, he said they're the most overrated candy bar. I have a number four of all candy bars. That's not overrated. Or, or I mean, no, I disagree with Dan I mean, on just about every food take he's ever had in his life, quite honestly. So being <laughs> overrated means he wouldn't have Reese's anywhere near the top five. For me, it's four. That's pretty damn good. Number three, see, three and two are, are my three, your three and two. I go Kit Kat and Twix, and I could actually interchange them. I could go Twix or Kit Kat. I love those. I love love them both. Number one, maybe this is as old school as it gets. The plain Hershey bar, the absolute oh my God. plain Hershey bar. This is Travis. Travis, what is going on it, right now? You know what? There is just nothing like unwrapping the Hershey bar, biting off them section at a time. And just enjoying it. I will say it does have a nice soft little bite when it's at the right temperature. It just kind of gently snaps off there. It's not too abrasive. I'm, I I agree to an extent, but they have flavors. Like I love a nice, like my hot take is the nice almond Hershey bar is great. If you ever get really, really crazy and get those cookies and cream, that's all you need for the night. I like that. Nestle's Crunch Bar, quite honestly. I know it's not a Hershey bar, but Nestle's kind of the same, you know, a little crunch to it. But I'm a basic, basic Hershey. Listen, what's in the s'mores? What's the main ingredient in the s'mores? A Hershey bar, man. Just a plain old Hershey bar. Okay, main. Well, I mean, one one of the main ingredients. Okay, I mean, it's the it's the best of the it's the best of the three ingredients. Yeah, it is. If you could if if you could eat graham crackers alone, marshmallows alone, or a Hershey bar alone, which are you eating? See, marshmallows. Oh my ass! Brandon, shut the fuck up! Just stop it! I am. I am. Stop it! I am. You'll just pop a marshmallow. Seriously, I can't believe you guys said that. That like. Honestly, of of s'mores, the most thing, the thing that can get switched out, and the one that gets switched out more frequently than not, is the chocolate. For another what, what, chocolate what? variant. For another chocolate thing. What what are you switching it yeah. out with? Hey, I'm saying that Hershey has now expanded, and now it's like whatever any Hershey brand can go into a s'mores. Uh, starting at number four on your list, the Reese's Cups has made a resurgence in, but in s'mores. I understand that it's still got chocolate in it. Still got chocolate. The basic thing is a Hershey it's bar. Not. The be- now I will say. Okay. Graham crackers, I like breaking them up, put them in a bowl, and put milk over them, and eat it like cereal. It's very good. Okay, that's I don't even know what level of old that is, but let me <laughs> let me let me say this. <laughs> let me say this. Here's my top three candies because y'all are sleeping on one of the best. You guys forget how important and how special a Hershey a Hershey's kiss is. It's a, it's a Hershey bar shaped like a kiss. It's the exact fucking same thing, Brandon. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's a single little thing with the foil, and you got the work with the treat. Like the the, the working for the thing is is a part of it. Mike, too. does you he guys, not understand what I just start. said? Let me see. He, he and then and then and then in the top three, in top three, Tootsie Pops. Brand. You guys are are you are you sleeping on Tootsie Pops? We got Brand. we got hard candy and then we got chocolate in the middle. Brandon. We have chocolate in the middle of suckers. Chocolate in the middle of suckers. Okay, and then I'll go my number one and I and I and I'll be the guy on the other end. No chocolate at all. Sour Patch Kids. Sour Patch Kids are amazing and number one. And I'll and I'll 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 give you I'll give you number I'll give you Snickers as my four and five. Yes, I said four and five. How can it be Snick- four and five? Yeah, I don't. Is that good? I, Snickers. I mean, I, Snickers, I understand sour. Ca- I, mean, you, I, I okay. understand sour patch kids being a top five candy. I don't think it should be anybody's number one, but that's just because my taste skews sweet over salty and savory or like sour. 
I, yeah. That's just how I'm built. Having Hershey Kisses in your top three is a waste of a spot. It's just flat out. <laughs> it's a Hershey bar shaped like a kiss. Your dad just put Hershey's chocolate as a At as number one. At least you get the whole bar. The whole bar. Like, you can have oh Hershey's fun gosh, size. A kiss guys. comes in one this size. Is... A kiss. It's a whisper eat, of a snack. You gotta eat 20 of those to equal a bar. It's fun the entire time. Just little and kisses, little it's, foils it's like, rolling it's up. It's like the crawfish of candy, and at least in a crawfish boil, they have the decency to put a bunch of other stuff around it. It's not like a crawfish because they have variety of flavors with these kisses now. It's not just one. It's not just one game, guys. Uh, oh, you guys, you know what? You guys, you we guys, can, and your candies. We can kiss this podcast goodbye at Gojo Show on Twitter. <laughs> Let us know your top three candies heading into Halloween weekend. I feel like I've short break the short change the fast the uh, fast break bar. I should have probably put that up higher in the top three. I will continue to tout it like as the most underrated there. candy of all time. Fast breaks a good bar. Card. Fast it's breaks a, a good bar. bar. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Let us know. I, what you I will guys give think you that at Gojo Show on Twitter, and then make sure you download, subscribe, rate, and review Gojo wherever you get your podcast. Leave us a five star rating and a review. Check us out on the DraftKings YouTube channel under the Gojo with Michael Oak Jr. playlist. Also, make sure you check out Gold and Smetty wherever you get your podcast, and on that same DraftKings YouTube channel. And sorry in advance, the Gold Family Podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. And get us up over a thousand subscribers. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. I've got a dragon. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.